so for this, um, these three days with this practice intensive um, or mini, mini intensive <laughs> or half day intensive, we'll be looking at the, um, the practice of relative bodhicitta in different ways. And, um, and particularly in the Lodong system, relative bodhicitta is practiced by the engagement of Tonglen practice. Tonglen is the practice of sending and receiving. Um, so I think a number of you were around a few, a number of years ago when we, when we spent a whole, um, we did a whole class on the Lodong training system. Hear me okay? Um, and, and maybe remember this. For those who haven't heard of it be, before, and we've been talking about it a little bit at Stone Creek in the last few weeks, um, the Lojong training system is a system for training and compassion. And then Tonglen practice is the engagement of relative bodhicitta within that practice. So the practice of sending and receiving is, um, is, a, is a, it's actually a very embodied practice to teach us how to um, deepen in compassion. Um, the image I wanna just offer to begin with is, I wonder if people have seen these images, like it'll be a large picture. Um, I've seen this done with portraits. So they're portraits of people's faces. But if you, if you get close to the picture, you realize that the face is made up of lots of tiny images of people's faces. People have seen these before? So it's like a, so that, so as you stand back, you have this image of one face, but then as you go in close, it's actually, and it's miraculous because it's actually like, you know, clearly little tiny faces. I was thinking of that when I was thinking of, of how we engage non-duality around compassion. Um, we can think of that image of Avalokiteshvara with her thousand hands and eyes and all of her great tools and her like many heads and all of her capacity and, and that understand that as a teaching that compassion, the body of compassion in this world is not enacted by any individual being. It's enacted by the billions of um, moments of genuine engagement around compassion that happens, you know, with each of us moment after moment that, all these tiny moments of somebody really meeting another person in a compassionate, fully compassionate way makes the body of Avalokiteshvara, Bodhisattva, the Bodhisattva of compassion. And I think that image, that idea um, can be really helpful for us as we engage all of these practices in the Lodong training system, that we are, when we, when we make this effort, we're lending our body to be, you know, a particle in the, larger body of compassion. But we understand also that there is no compassion in this world without all those parking up the body of, of Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva. So Tonglen practice is, um, I've been really enjoying revisiting uh, Chogyang Trungpa's take on it. He talks about it being like, very, it's very basic. He says, it's not subtle. <laughs> it's very grounded. It's very embodied. And it's, and it's very, um, I, think, I think the truth is actually there's subtle layers to it. But he wants, I think he wanted to say, 
that this is not a psychological state. This is a state of, of embodied engagement with non-duality. And uh, another image that I think is this is we're engaging with an, uh, a circulation of an energetic circulation of compassion, of receiving and, and extending compassion. This practice in particular of Tonglen, which I will get to about sending and receiving. Um, as I thought about it in the last few days, I was thinking it's, re it's really, we're cultivating true generosity. In our practice in Zen, we have that, the teaching of giver, receiver, and gift, that there's no, there's no separation between giver, receiver, and gift, that they're all in interplay with each other. And that that's actually the, the, that's the circulatory system of generosity in the world. And similarly with compassion, there is no giver, receiver, and gift of compassion. It's just that we, we're willing to engage in this circulatory system. So this practice of Tonglen does not, it, or we're not really practicing Tonglen if we think that like I'm doing it. If we, if we are grounding ourselves in a sense of separation. And it's really a practice of um, exchanging self and other, which Shantideva talks about as, as a foundational teaching to cultivating the mind of a bodhisattva and the heart of a bodhisattva. So this is really Zen, <laughs> is what I want to offer, even though it's coming from the Tibetan tradition, because Tibetan practice is also is deeply grounded in bodhisattva practice. Uh, Norman talks about how Zen practice has a as like a prejudice against technique. We have this bias of, of being anti, which I think is an accurate way of putting it. And I was reflecting on how, because of that, we many of us may not have any, um, we not we might not feel any comfort level of engaging with meditative techniques because we just haven't practiced them, you know, or they're not familiar. Um, so what we can do, he also says though. But, but Zen is also foundationally not dogmatic about anything. So we can't even be dogmatic about not having techniques. <laughs> so we engage these techniques with open heartedness and curiosity with a great gratitude of, of understanding. Um, this is a gift. These, this has been, this is a gift that's been cultivated for many generations and, and here we are receiving it. And, um, and the people who have developed it and the people who have worked with it over, over many centuries are people who are super committed to the bodhisattva way so we can put aside our cynicism and our doubt or our our think of like oh i came to zen not tibetan buddhism just put it aside and engage with um, this is an offering of how to deepen our hearts as bodhisattvas so we hold it sort of i was going to say lightly but it's not lightly because it's a heavy practice you know but we hold it gently an open hand, like the, that mind of an the open handed mind. We hold it like that. And we also hold it great, with great respect and curiosity. So this is a practice that's uh, deepening our capacity for compassion. And I think it's Trumpo who says, um, compassion is fundamentally painful. So like, just so we know what we're getting into. <laughs> And that's true. Like we know this, right? To feel, to feel fully with this world is to feel pain. It just is. The truth of suffering, you know, is, is the first of our noble truths in this tradition. We know, we know that there is pain. 
And this is a practice to, um, to help us, like it's the how-to of engaging non-duality so that our capacity to open to pain grows. And our capacity to stay with discomfort is widened because we're not, because we're exercising the possibility to not be trapped in a sense of separate self. It also is working with, um, it's, it's around our normal samsaric inclinations. And, and like that, because that's really, the mind of a bodhisattva flips around our normal sense, samsaric inclinations. Our normal inclinations are to be like, it's about me and I've got to take care of myself and I'm, I'm apart from everybody and it's all me against the world. And that's our normal thing. And I move toward pleasure and away from pain. That's kind of the foundational, toward pleasure, away from pain, when we're rooted in, in a sense of diluted separation. So this one turns it around and it trains us in the capacity to move towards and to stay with pain and to offer out uh, what in our life is joyful, what in our life is spacious, what in our life is um, you know, the, the goodness of our life. We offer it out instead. So it's training us into, and, and we have to work really hard at that because we're trained to do the opposite. We're, we're trained to hold on to goodness and push away pain. Just again, to kind of, to get, to orient us to where this comes in the training system. We've got the, the first point and the first slogan to resolve to begin and ground in the preliminaries. So when we engage Tonglen practice, even if we have to do it, you know, even if we're in a situation where we want to engage it quickly, if we see someone suffering and we really want to engage Tonglen practice quickly, it's still good to feel our feet on the ground, ground in our body, ground in a meditative posture. That's the first thing we do. Ground in the four con daily contemplations. Call to mind the practice. If we really take up this practice, then every day we're calling to mind um, the preciousness of human life, the, the truth of impermanence or the inevitability of death, the potency of karma and the truth of suffering. So we, we ground in those, we ground in all of this, this daily, we do the daily practice so that this is available to us. And then we ground in absolute bodhicitta that, that Koran talked about a few weeks ago. We're really, we're really like uh, holding deeply the impermanence of this world, the, the um, fabricated nature of our version of reality. And, but then to show up in the world. So relative bodhicitta is about conventional reality. It's about, so how do we now engage in this physical embodied human reality? Um, we ground in all this stuff and now to open to the pain of this world. So it's not, we don't use that grounding in, in absolute bodhicitta to leave. We use it as a way to like prepare. And now we open to this world. The basic idea of, of sending and receiving practice or Tonglen practice is we um, actually, we breathe out benefit to the world. We breathe in difficulty, pain, challenge, rage, injustice. We breathe, then we, then, then we begin in a, in a cycle where we like breathing in the pain and suffering, breathing out the remedy out the antidote can everybody hear me yes 
Okay. Let's see. Has everyone made it back? That was wild. Zoom just went. <laughs> and it went. Let's see who. Uh, okay. Well, we'll just continue. <laughs> it's good to see you all. <laughs> it, and it looks like it's still live on YouTube. I want to YouTube. <laughs> okay. Let's continue and see what happens. Um, so a number of times when, when I've heard this practice talked about, people say um, it feels scary, which makes sense. Um, again, knowing that we're, we're trained to um, push away pain and protect ourselves from it, it, it sounds like, why would you want to do that, you know? And um, if we're engaging with this practice and we're finding it scary, if we're finding the idea scary, then we just pause. There's a couple of things we can do. One is we can just ground in the, in the preliminaries. We ground in the absolute. And we just open, get spacious. The other thing we can do is breathe in the fear. So we start with the self. Um, the teaching of Tonglen practice, when we're really engaging this practice, we want to do the practice thoroughly, we always begin with the self. We begin with whatever's here. Um, if what we're starting with is fear of breathing in what's difficult in the world, then that's what we start with. Um, even if we're not beginning there, even if we're feeling like, oh, I'm up for this, or I'm having a good day, or whatever positive feelings we may be having, we still always begin this practice by grounding with, um, by, or by beginning with Tonglen practice within the self. So we call forward um, any pain, any difficulty, any dis-ease, even very subtle. You know, usually we don't have to look too far to find any pain. a bit available. Um, but, but sometimes we may. And so we just, we just start there. We call forward our, uh, we call forward whatever pain because the, our capacity to open to the pain of others and the pain of the world is exactly correlated with our extent to open to it in ourselves. So if that's limited, then our capacity to open will be limited. So we stay with our own pain until there, until some spaciousness happens. We root ourselves in love and in um, warmth. You know, we can have a feeling of metta, but if, if metta, if loving kindness in a kind of generalized way is not available for us, we think of people very particular in our lives who have benefited us, who have been kind to us, have, have offered things to us. We generate that feeling by being really specific about people who have offered great tenderness to us, who have unconditionally loved us. That, and we root there. Um, Trungpa talks about the benefit of, of grounding ourselves in gratitude. Call to mind everybody who's ever benefited you, anyone who's ever given to you without expecting anything in return, anyone who's ever offered kindness to you. Um, you know, from, from people who raised us to strangers who have unexpectedly done something kind. We just, we generate that feeling. So we begin with that feeling and we begin with grounding on a, a real sense of our breath. So to ever, if we're doing Tonglen practice, really, we can begin by grounding in Zaza meditation, but really pay attention to the breath. Ground in breath as the object of meditation. And then 
begin first by generating the sense and breathing it out, offering it. So the first thing we do are exhalations of great benefit into the world. And I think it's helpful to begin by just beginning there. When we breathe in, we're just breathing in air and our life. When we breathe out, we're making an offering of, of benefit and goodness. So we're not actually, so we begin with just the sending. Any healthfulness, any balance, any sanity, any willingness to be in this world, any goodness, we breathe in to get the, the momentum of it and then we offer it out to the world. Start with sending. It's important to do the sending first because it's important that we ground in understanding that we always more capacity for offering. There's always like there's always more benefit in the world than there is pain, even though our experience is often the opposite because we because of our activity bias that you know helps protect our body. But in this case, in a, in a wisdom practice like this, is not so useful. Look for fear, look for tightness, look for stinginess, you know. If there's some great gift of hold, notice if we want to hold on to it and then breathe in that tightness for a second and then breathe out offering. When we breathe out, Trumpa says, um, have of a kite that's high in the sky and you cut the string, offer it completely, let it go completely. And then we understand, though, that we're, this is a part of a circulatory system. So we offer it out completely. We let it go completely. It comes back to us. And it gives us the capacity to then breathe in the pain of this world. So like I said, we begin by doing that with ourselves. We can utilize this practice much like we do a metta meditation, where we can um, start with somebody close in if you know someone who's just recently had a tremendous loss, breathe in their grief with them. Breathe out, offering them respite, offer relief, offer joy, for example. And then open into um, ever widening circles of what we're taking in and what we're releasing. And then we have to remember that essential point because over the past few days, as I've been really re-engaging um, this practice in, in kind of preparing for this and also just wanting to reconnect with it fully myself, I've been noticing that the, the grounding, the beginning has to start over and over again. So I can think of somebody really specific and I can breathe in their pain. And then because I am conditioned for that to be something really difficult for me. I can, I can breathe in their pain. I can breathe out a remedy. And then the next one, usually I have to like breathe in my own resistance. <laughs> so I keep coming back to the beginning of start with the self. Pema Children's book about this is called Start Where You Are. Start with the self. Start with this one. And then we open out into the world.
if we, again, if we, um, if we're somebody who's, I, I identify with this as somebody who's really drawn to Zen and, you know, I, I wasn't, I really, I really like the idea that there's not a lot of uh, technique. We can just take the cynic and put it aside and, um, and just, and not, don't have discursive thought. I think that's what Trungpa was pointing to and saying like, this is very simple. Don't have theories about what this is doing. Don't have expectations about any benefit that might come of it. Just try to be as simple as you can. Riding out benefit on the breath, on the exhalation, riding in pain. You think of ourselves like a, like a, like a suffering vacuum. And he says, like, really, you, we really, to do this practice fully, we have to really believe we are extracting it from the world. And if we can do that in non-duality, we take in the pain, transmute it in our heart that knows from our own lived experience that our suffering has been the root of so much of our wisdom. You know, for each of this, us, this is really true. Our grief and our loss and our challenges and our difficulties have been often the roots of the compassion we can offer in the world. And so we get really big about our sense of ourself, really spacious in that. And we breathe where then we're, then we're free to allow the pain and the dukkha to come in really deeply. Sometimes they recommend picturing it as like uh, goo, <laughs> the uck of the earth, of pollution, of racism of injustice, of confusion, of inequity, of uh, harm. We breathe it in and actually have almost like a superhero, like we're sucking it in. And that that actually removes a little chunk of it from the world and we transmute it. And we take that very thing that we breathe in and we offer it now again as benefit. And that's where it becomes a circulatory system. Our capacity to do this is benefiting. So it's 1040 and we, um, that's when we would usually do walking meditation, but I just want to take a couple minutes to just let us sit together and do the practice as much as is available today, you know, thinking of the things in our life that we, that we um, have as, as great gifts, our comfort, any safety that we have, the goodness of having shelter, the goodness of having food, the goodness of having sangha, of having relationships with one another, the warmth of that feeling of belonging, of connection. On our next exhalation, we offer it to the world. We broaden our capacity and breathe in whatever in our field is difficult. Resistance, our confusion, our anxiety, fear. Transmute it and breathe it out into the world as benefit.
Every breath is teaching us to engage with the reality that we are not apart. We are not apart from the goodness and the tremendous possibility and capacity of compassion and wisdom in this world. And because of that, we are not apart from this suffering. We are not apart from the deliberate evil. We are not apart from the tightness of ignorance, from the hatred, from the rage, from the grief. We are rooted in fearlessness of non-duality.